0: Welcome back, radio entrepreneurs, listeners, and fans. I'm producer Nathan Gobes, filling in for Jeffrey Davis this morning, and uh, I want to thank you all for joining. We have at my side, John Dustin of JED Insurance. Welcome, John.
1: Morning, Nathan. Glad to be back, and this looks like it's going to be a great interview.
0: I agree. I agree. Thank you for uh, for co-hosting with me. It's always good to have you at my side. Our next guest is Jorge Elizondo, uh, CTO and co-founder of Hyla Technologies. Welcome, Jorge.
2: Good morning, thank you, Nathan. Thank you for inviting.
0: Yes, happy to have you on the show. Why don't you tell us about uh, what you're doing and, and uh, what your company is all about?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So, Hela is a company that started in 2015 um, uh, out of MIT. I did my, my PhD at MIT uh, in microgrid control and microgrid optimization. Uh, and microgrids are systems of um, that combine, you know, energy generation energy storage and energy consumption so if you have for example a house with solar panels batteries um, that you can connect or disconnect from the grid that will be considered a microgrid. Auto also uh, or projects are usually a combination of many different houses or or larger uh, applications commercial and industrial typically so that was my research at mit how do you control systems like that and we created HALAM uh, in 2015 to simplify the construction operation and uh, optimization of these systems. Um, mm. We started um, as a combination of strong theoretical knowledge and field experience, where we discovered that, you know, these systems are very hard to build.
1: There's a lot of complexity in there. <laughs> and- And Jorge, is this, uh, you know, I've been kind of following the grid thing that everybody talks about, that we're putting too much stress on the grid. Is this anything related to that?
2: Correct, correct. Because, you know, when you build microgrids, um, you start putting what is called distributed energy resources into the grid. These are resources that are not centralized, like a power plant, where you have, you know, one big uh, location of energy generation. Um, But you have it all over the place. And it's usually very close to uh, the consumption. So that brings a lot of advantages. For example, you lose way less energy uh, in transmitting the energy from one place to another. But it also creates uh, complexities because now instead of having a few power plants, you know, in the hundreds, thousands maybe, that you have to manage, now you have millions of resources that are doing their own thing, right? Um, and there's um, effects that they put on the grid and that stresses the grid you can you can think of um, of if, if everybody installs solar panels in their house for example or in their commercial building there's going to be a lot of generation in the day right more than we know what to do with it and then in the evening there's no generation and power plants have to ramp up very quickly and sometimes they can't uh, and they start creating this this um, phenomenon right there, there's something that is called the dock corp um, so by actually coordinating and controlling the resources these millions of resources that are in uh, installed in the grid you don't have this problem you can avoid these problems and have a much more resilient and efficient grid
1: yeah, and, they, and they, some of these big providers i'm sorry but some of the big providers i think in high use areas do they drop during peak hours some of the electricity flow to keep everything under control because you hear that sometimes where people will say oh my stuff went off for a second or two or whatever yeah it's a a big problem
2: from them for them right now i think that places where more where there's more solar penetration um still are you know in the maybe 20 30 percent and that's still manageable but if we go to 50 70 80 percent solar penetration like everybody has solar then the rules needs to change, right? Right now we're operating under this premise in most places, uh, not everybody, but in a lot of places, um, this premise of um, net metering, meaning that mm-hmm. you just install solar panels in your house, you send the energy to the grid, uh, and you essentially use the grid as a big battery, right? But that's certainly not sustainable. I'm a full proponent of net metering and incentives for solar, but as we have more and more, uh, we still have, we st- start to have, we need to start adding uh, energy uh, storage and control so that we can coordinate these resources.
1: To, are you in Massachusetts, your, your firm? The company is in
2: Massachusetts and California. So we mm-hmm. are actually, uh, the team is split. I myself, I'm in California right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Although I did start in, in Massachusetts and two thirds of the company approximately are in Massachusetts, because
1: Massachusetts, I believe, is doing away with the tax credit for solar, or there's some reduction in it. So it's kind of interesting. You're talking about using it more, and they're taking away some of the benefit.
2: Correct, correct. So there's certainly some changes that are coming uh, for tax credits and uh, incentives, but I think uh, most uh, governments, most states, recognize the importance of solar. So it's just finding a way to actually incentivize solar while also incentivizing something like energy storage and uh, management. I think management is the key, actually. That's why we work in what we do. That, that's what we do, right? We bring management to the edge of the grid so that we can uh, coordinate all these resources.
0: So if we could uh, uh, step back so our listeners get a better understanding of what it is you guys do. Um, you were just talking about management. That's that's the piece that you step in. Are you uh, are you selling uh, like a control box, or uh, what exactly does uh, does your organization do for the grid?
2: Yeah. So HALA Technologies is a, a combination of hardware and software. or product mm-hmm. is hardware and software. So we sell a controller that is installed in front of or next to each DER, um, and we bring intelligence to these DERs. So in a sense, or vision is that DERs, and by the way, by DERs, I mean distributed energy resources. So these uh, numerous uh, solar panels, batteries, uh, consumption, control, like um, load control, HPACs, or whatever you want to control, we make them intelligent, right, Um, with our controller. So they can sell, like they can interact with other resources and form systems in that way. That's very different from the typical approach where there's a centralized control that tries to manage everything. We actually distribute the intelligence um, and we form systems. We, can, we have created systems of a lot of different forms and shapes because by distributed intelligence, you have, inter- you have building blocks. Essentially, each resource becomes a building block that can interact with others and, it, uh, and create systems like that. Um, so it's very flexible and very agnostic to any topology
1: hey, is your huh? customer residential or commercial? And what distribution system are you using?
2: So, so we have projects that are residential, although not a single house. It's usually uh, we have, um, it's a collection of residences. And actually, just last week, I was in Tampa, Florida, because we're finalizing a project um, in there where there is 40 homes. That are, every single home has its own battery. And then there's also uh, uh, community resources, right? And all together forms a microgrid. So it can disconnect all together from the grid. There can be sharing between the houses and, uh, and we also manage the community resources so they're fairly used by everyone. So we have done those kinds of projects. There's aggregation of residential, um, but most of our projects are actually uh, commercial industrial. So a little bit, uh, or larger uh, sizes um where there's solar plus storage plus some load control typically and we we manage that for the customer
1: and and how are you finding the customers are they coming to you will you have sales reps or internet what's your you know sales model
0: and if, so, I can, and if I can add to that question, um, you know, obviously, you know, we've talked about the benefits to the grid and the community. Um, what's uh, I'm curious what benefits are to the end user. You know, if I'm a, let's say I'm a business owner with uh, solar panels on my, my company's roof, for example, or, or a battery, you know, uh, what brings me to Gila?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, so let me answer tackle both questions. Uh, the first one is how do we find the projects? And we rarely go to the end customer. Um We sell usually through three main channels. One is project developers. So we work with a lot of people that actually find the end customer and say, I need to build a system here um, and I need control. And they bring us in, right? So that's a typical approach. Um, The second is utilities. We have agreements with certain utilities um, to do the projects. For example, the Tampa project that I just mentioned is actually with a utility. and we're working with the utility to deploy this. Um, um, so, utilities is number two. And number three, the third channel is equipment vendors. So, we work, for example, with battery companies that are pulled into projects by project developers or by end customers. And we provide the control, right? We kind of make this equipment um, intelligent. Then, regarding your question of the benefits, so each one of these channels has incentives to work with us, right? And there's benefits for product developers, there's uh, um, benefits for utilities, and there's benefits for equipment vendors. The end customer, of course, also benefits. And that goes usually into energy savings. Uh, Well, actually, sorry, about energy savings and resiliency. That's uh, the most important aspects. Energy savings um, for residential is complicated because there's flat tariffs, usually, or or flat rates, meaning that they pay uh, the same amount for the energy at any time of the day, but that's not true for commercial industrial where they have what is called time of use. Meaning they pay more for energy at certain times of the day than others. And, and in those cases, the value of energy storage becomes very important because you can shift your consumption from one time to another. And then commercial industrial customers also have what is called demand charges. You know, they pay for the peak of their power consumption, right? So the, the maximum that they consume in a given interval, usually fifteen minutes, they pay for that peak for the entire month, right? So if you maintain your peak low, uh, you can save a lot of money. And for commercial and industrial, usually the the costs are half and half, half for the demand charge, half for the energy. Um, so that's the energy save or the uh, savings, right? More economic. Um, Incentives to do this. The second one is resiliency, and we have been seeing in California, for example, uh, having extended blackouts for something that is called uh, public safety power shutdowns, um, which is shutdowns of the grid to avoid fires, <laughs> um, and that has caused a lot of a lot of um, blackouts, right? And then we saw Texas in in the winter having also extended shutdowns and blackouts. And if you see the trend, where's Seen more and more blackouts occurring, um, so a lot of people are looking for resiliency. A common solution has been just using a diesel generator in the house, right? Uh, but we're trying. There, there's an alternative: is using solar plus storage, something that you use all the time instead of just using when the grid is down. So that those benefits of economic impact and uh, resiliency is very powerful for a lot of people and in some markets
1: it's interesting because i think at least i don't know if you guys remember this years ago like enron tried to lock in the cost of the off hour peak hour something almost like lock it in so that other companies couldn't get access to it Hmm. and i think that backfired on people so wow you're really ahead of this whole and it's probably got some good um what do they call it green environment results too So that people aren't wasting energy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that goes into the third benefit, which, you know, uh, as much as we like it, it's a little bit harder to to sell it. uh, It's the environmental impact, Mm -hmm. right? If you have solar uh, in your house, you're certainly producing electricity with zero emissions. And that's important. And then you can uh, use it for your own consumption. You can sell into the grid so that your neighbors use it. Uh, You can charge your EV with solar. Uh, And if you have batteries, you can actually use your solar through the entire day and night. Um, So certainly environmental aspects are important. Although we we see that the most important um, aspect to make a decision are either economic or uh, resiliency. But I think as climate change becomes more and more critical, I think the environmental aspect will become also more uh, important in the decision makers
0: certainly feeds into the, uh, the, the questions behind resiliency and uh, a lot of the issues that are, that are caused there, so. Um,
2: Absolutely, you know. it's all interrelated.
0: Well, thank you, Jorge. This was uh, really interesting to learn about and uh, we'd love to have you come back and, and tell us more as Gila uh, continues to grow and, and uh, expand. Uh, if, if listeners or viewers want to get in touch with you, find out how they can utilize the technology, uh, how could they do so?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we can. they can reach us at our email uh, or our website, uh, Um, And we have a, a contact page there. Uh, and if someone's interested, I'm happy to also receive an email at jelisondo at heylatech.com. Um, we're always looking for interested people and um, in the space for partnerships, for collaborations, to sell them projects. <laughs> um, whatever we can find, uh, we're always open. This has to be um, an effort that is done as a community, right? Uh, everybody has to, to participate. Um, if we want to solve this big challenge that we have is that is modernizing the grid with renewables so that we tackle the climate change problem as well. Okay. So yeah, happy to um, receive any comments or questions from listeners.
0: Yeah, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And uh, John Dustin, JED Insurance, my uh, reliable co-host. How can people reach you if they want to get in touch? Uh,
1: By phone, 508-543-1067, on the web at www.jedinsurance.com. Or if you prefer, email
0: john.dustin at jedinsurance, all one word, dot com. Great. Thanks. And I want to thank again our listeners and viewers for uh, tuning in. Of course, you can find this on our website, radioentrepreneurs.com, as well as YouTube. Uh, Please subscribe and hit the bell button there to get notifications for when we post more interviews. Of course, we're also a growing community on LinkedIn, Facebook, iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. This has been Radio Entrepreneurs. We're back with another segment after this break.